This podcast is brought to you by Trend. Trend is a micro-influencer marketing platform that helps connect brands with influencers. Learn more, join our network, or start an influencer campaign at trend.io. And we're back on the DTC pod over here. Super excited for another episode. We've got a great guest today, Reza Kajavi, who is the CEO of Motion, a smoother way to analyze creatives. We're going to be talking a lot about finding winning brand creative and just a bunch of other things. Uh, Reza's working on a really cool product called Motion. And like I mentioned earlier, it helps you find your winning creative. You can connect it to your Facebook ads and and all of that good stuff. We've got a lot of fun things to tackle over here. Um, so let's go ahead and dive in. Reza, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jay. Excited to be here. Yeah, excited to have you. Where are you calling in from? I'm in Toronto, Canada. How's the weather over there? Is it getting a little bit uh, cooler? Is is winter already coming pretty soon over there? It's starting to. We, we usually get like a nice, like nice ending into the summer. So like late September, early October can actually be really nice over here. So nice, like sunny weather, pretty breezy. I think like by the middle to the end of October is when it starts to get a little brutal. I'm in Austin, so we're still like in the 90s over here every single day. So kind of crazy, but hopefully falls on its way soon. But excited to have you on the podcast over here. I know we've got a lot to talk about and a lot to discuss. Um, but before we jump in, do you want to give a quick little intro about yourself and uh, tell the audience a, l- a little bit more about what you're working on at Motion? Yeah, for sure. So my name is Reza, working on a product called Motion, where we're helping brands and agencies learn what creatives are working best and why. And basically so that they can share those insights over on the creative side so that the next batch of assets they produce are a lot more informed by data and really just helping teams build a tighter feedback loop between the performance side of things and the creative side of things so that we're learning what works, feeding those insights over to the next batch of assets. And it's a really important problem for marketing teams right now. So excited to be to be working on it. And excited to chat about it too, because it's it's just a really cool product. So I know we're talking about, you know, finding winning brand creative. You know, the environment for for Facebook ads has also changed a little bit, especially with iOS 14. What are some of the biggest challenges that that brands are facing currently when it comes to to finding creative? I think about this problem in a number of ways. So number one, like you pointed out with with iOS 14, and frankly, even prior to iOS 14, what started to make creative become very prominent for marketing teams started when the, the Facebook platform started to really mature. So when you when you started to see a lot of competition, more brands, more assets, more creatives that are cluttering the user's newsfeed and, and fighting for attention, that's when you started to see the, the quality bar for creative start to go up. And so it, it no longer was that you could you know, upload a catalog feed and scale your Facebook ads like drop shipping products from Alibaba. Like it started to become like, you know, in order to stand out in feeds, in order to capture the user's attention, people need to start to get more and more deliberate when it comes to creative. And then with this whole iOS 14 business, it means that, you know, there's even less of an emphasis on targeting, less is less of an emphasis on like hacking Facebook's algorithms and whatnot. And the le- and the lever that's left to pull for marketing teams is really around creative. And so I think you start depending on where people are in their 
in their journey to this problem, they have a number of different issues that they encounter. The first, I think the, the, the first most common issue that people face is that they just don't have a good way to get high quality creative on a recurring basis. And so they realize that like, okay, creative is really important. I need that now as part of my, as my creative mix, but as my marketing mix, but what do I do? Where do I start? Do I hire a photographer? Or do I reach out to influencers on Instagram? And I know that's sort of what, what your platform does. That's the first part of the problem where people need help with is to figure out how do I get a good stream of high quality creative? And once you have that problem solved and you have like a good rhythm for producing creative on a week-to-week basis, on a bi-weekly basis, whatever, whatever the case may be, then you have a new set of problems. And that problem tends to be, okay, well, how do I know what's working? How do I learn what's working so that I can take those insights and feed them back into my creative production so that the assets that I am producing are based on the insights that I'm learning from running my campaigns? And so that tends to be a challenge that people bump into around trying to figure out what works and why. And then the whole workflow around constantly analyzing those insights and then feeding it back to the creative team. Sometimes there is no like dedicated creative team, right? Like people might be working with content creators on a freelance basis or a graphic designer on a freelance basis. And so there's like a lot of moving parts where it used to be that, you know, people would just send you creative and you're a media buyer and you scale that on your Facebook ads. There's just a lot more organization now when it comes to like running a good process to have everything figured out. And I think this is the sort of thing that happens when when a channel or an industry starts to mature. You can't just like get away with with easy mode anymore, which is what things look like in 2015, 16, 17. And so that's that's the way I would frame it is that it's just a lot more challenging. People need to get their ducks in a row when it comes to running a good process. And that that creates a lot of a lot of different challenges for sure. Definitely. And one thing that you talked about there is like even, you know, navigating through all of the information that you're getting out of Facebook. I mean, I'm not a Facebook ads expert, but I've spent a little bit of time in Facebook Business Manager and it's crazy. There's a lot of tabs to go through. There's a lot of ways to to get the information and, and slice it up, but it, it's a little bit overwhelming to just dig through. Yeah, exactly. And that's, you know, that's sort of where where motion came to be when we started to, to work on motion, we knew that we wanted to build something in the creative space. We knew that it was a big topic for people and we knew there was a lot of challenges around it. And the most obvious place to start for us was around this, this pain point of people really struggling to figure out what's working and why. And we noticed that a lot of teams when, when faced with the problem that you were describing, eventually what they decided to do was to pull the data out of ads manager and take it out to a spreadsheet, start creating like pivot table analysis and do their own digging through the data in, in a spreadsheet environment to try to get more answers. And that was a little bit better than the ads manager, but it's still a little bit clunky to do it inside of a spreadsheet. Not everybody is a spreadsheet whiz, although a lot of the performance marketers do enjoy the spreadsheet. The challenge becomes when you're analyzing creatives in a spreadsheet, creatives are meant to be very visual especially when it comes time to share that information with other members of the team. There's a role that I think that's brewing and we can, we can dig into that a little bit, but it's the role of the creative strategist. So the person who isn't necessarily creating content, this person isn't necessarily designing ads, but this is the person who's driving creative strategy. And 
you know, this person might be roughly comfortable with the ads manager environment, but they aren't always like necessarily data nerds and they're, they're, they're kind of balancing the creative side and the, and the analysis side. And so for media buying teams to help with whoever is like playing the role of creative strategists, or even if they're sharing this information to the content creators, it's not a very intuitive environment to share insights through a spreadsheet. If you're solo, just trying to dig through data, spreadsheets can be great. But when you're trying to collaborate with somebody else and say, hey, I found a really cool insight here, check it out, it can be pretty painful to do that in spreadsheets. And so that's where what we've built at Motion is it helps with both sides of that. It helps people find insights a lot quicker, even if they're not whizzes at spreadsheets. And it makes it super easy and visual to share those insights with other members of the team who are going to then take actions based on based on the insights that you learn. Definitely. And I think uh, one, one thing that's important, too, is just having someone and, and working with someone that can help you on setting things up the right way and having kind of the experience. And I know that's some of what you do with your product is, you know, kind of guiding people through how do you set up ad campaigns in the right structure and things like that. So that way you can analyze data correctly and save more time doing it. I want to talk a little bit more about that, actually, because I know you have a whole blog post on this on the Motion website on, on naming conventions. And I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm sure a lot, a, a lot of Facebook ads people that have spent a lot of time in Ads Manager have their own naming conventions and understand the importance of that. But maybe someone who's just starting a new brand or, or something might not necessarily, who's juggling literally everything, might not necessarily know how to do that or, or set that up. Like, can you talk a little bit more about naming convention? Like, why is it so important? And what happens if you don't get it right? Like, and, and if you have any best practices too, that would be great to share. I'm a huge fan of naming conventions. I think there's, there's a couple of reasons why they're important. The first is like, as teams start to realize that something needs to change in, in this new environment of Facebook advertising with Facebook, with, with creative being really critical, Everybody sort of feels that like, I need to be doing something different, whether that's different in terms of how we source content needs to be a lot more agile and nimble, how we make it be very performance driven while staying on brand needs to be very, very well thought out. Like there's just this like movement of change that needs to happen so that people are set up correctly in order to participate in this new environment of paid social centered around a good creative strategy. And I think one of the things that will really help set the tone culturally on teams that like, okay, we're taking an important step forward on taking creative seriously and taking this process seriously can be naming conventions. So like we'll, we'll talk definitely about all of the benefits to good naming conventions when it comes to like insights and data that we can, that we can pull out. And that's obviously super important, but I've noticed that the teams who take naming conventions really seriously it has a really important cultural effect that like we, we take this really seriously. We want to create an environment where our creative strategy is data driven. We're not just sitting there thinking about like, oh, what's going to look cool? What's going to be interesting? And so when, when you have a clean, structured, disciplined approach to naming convention, I think it does a really good job setting the tone culturally on the team. So like the, for the, for the founders and VPs of marketings out there that like, if you're thinking of what what can I do to institute a cult, culture on my team where we take this sort of thing seriously, being really serious about naming conventions could be an important step there. So like that's that's the first part 
huge kind of cultural advantage. The other is that when you have clean naming conventions, it starts to force the question of what are my hypotheses? So if you know that you want to put like four or five, six variables inside each of your ad names, so like, is this an image? Is this a video? Is this a lifestyle? Is it et cetera, et cetera? The only way that you can like name those things is if you look at the piece of creative and you have a hypothesis that like these are the six or seven main elements in this ad creative. And those are what I think are the most important pieces here. And so it forces a conversation around what what are the most important elements of this creative? What were what was even the hypothesis beyond behind putting it here? So it might be that, for example, before you even create your piece of creative, you might have this hypothesis that should we create a video that is very focused on like our technical product features because it's really cool and there's some like scientific edge we have on, on the way that we came up with this product? Or do we think that maybe no one's really going to care about that and all we should focus on is like the benefit of this product and what does it actually do for your life? You, you, know, you, might, you might have that as a debate internally. And so you have that hypothesis, you commission some creative that are like this, commission some creative that are like that. And then you would include those in your naming conventions to say this one is like product featured, this one is like benefit focused. And so that's another example of like where good naming conventions come from is when you sit when you sit there and you're like looking at the screen to come up with good naming conventions, it forces you to think about, well, what are, what are my hypotheses even about what I think might be a good element that might stand out in this in this piece of creative? And then once you have that and you have some good naming conventions in your creatives and you've run it, then you can really start to isolate those things and analyze them. And you could, you know, compare different things against each other, images versus videos, things like that, and then see what's working. It might be that you work with eight or nine different content creators and you're trying to pick which is the content creator that seems to really resonate well with our audience. And we want to, we want to test a few different content creators and then see which one's performing the best. And then we really want to go all in and create more content with one or two of these content creators. So then for example, in your, in your ad names, you would include the name of that content creator. And then you could very easily build a report. Motion makes this sort of thing like really, really simple where you have a comparative analysis where you're comparing performance by influencer. Or for example, you might have a lot of different SKUs in your pro in your in your product line, and you might want to include like different types of products in different pieces of creative, and then you'll want to do a comparison of which product is doing well in our campaign. So, like, there, you could really get granular with the type of analysis that you want to do. But I've also found that people tend to overthink it too and turn it into this is like giant overwhelming project where you need to overhaul everything and go back to the beginning of time and like rename all of your ads. And like, it's this sort of thing with like any good habit, you have to make it, you have to turn it into like very bite-sized steps so that you're able to actually accomplish it. So instead of being like, you know, we need this like major overhaul on the way that we do things, just start adding like one or two more variables to each of your ad names on the next ads that you push live, like very kind of starting simple that way. You know, even with without having really great naming conventions, you're all you're. Once you start looking at the data, you probably can like find some really good wins when it comes to creative analysis, even without it. And so, I just I like to caution this because I think people should dive into creative analysis immediately. Start looking at the data, start seeing what kind of things that you can pull out. 
And then once you, once you bump into situations of like, Ooh, I really wish that I could learn this about, about my creators, but damn, we didn't really put, we didn't put those elements in our naming conventions. Let's do that next time. And then just kind of evolve it that way becomes really important. And we can, we can link, I hope to the show notes on the blog post that you mentioned. It's a really good kind of primer for naming conventions. Then it also comes with a Google Sheets template where you can just like pre like populate, select from a drop down, and it'll just auto generate the name that you can just copy and paste into the into the Facebook ad unit. So those are some thoughts on naming conventions. Very important. Highly recommend. Some of the best teams that I've seen who are doing a really good job at this always have really good clean naming conventions on their team. So it's a it's a good goal to aspire to. Yeah, I love how you mentioned kind of like starting small too, if you're just getting started. And I feel like you could probably, if you use too many variables, you could probably get into a little bit of a paralysis by analysis, essentially for smaller teams. <laughs> yeah, you want to start with the big elements. I think I think that's the key. Like, what is the, what is the theme here? What is like a, a really good example is if like, let's say you're a sneaker brand and you have some product shots that are just the product on a white background and you have some that are the, the shoe worn on the foot outside, right? And that's like, those are very distinct differences in, in your two approaches. And then you might tag one as like product focused and another one as like lifestyle focused. And that's a really good place to start at that level of analysis. Unless you're doing that sort of analysis well, doing things like, oh, the, we made this thing green and that one red and we want to see like which color works best. Like that's just probably way too detailed. Starting with hooks and themes, like is this, for example, an unboxing type of ad? So you might you might have your product sent to a content creator and a very common ad type is you might have that unboxing experience where you take it out of the box, look at the product, talk about it a little bit. And that could be a theme that you're comparing against something else like a testimonial style where like somebody is is you know showcasing themselves like using the product or something like that. And so those higher level thematic differences are the best place to start for sure so that you don't get into that paralysis that you were talking about. Are you interested in DTC and e-commerce content? Join Trends exclusive community for everything DTC, the DTCers community. We're talking marketing, product, growth, and more, all about DTC. Go to trend.io slash podcast. That's T-R-E-N-D dot I-O slash podcast. And look for the Slack community link to claim your invite. We hope to see you on there. Definitely some good tips there. And we will for sure link that blog post over there with the template so people can check that out because I think it's just, Really important for for anyone that that runs ads or or runs an e-commerce business. Just really important there. So let's talk a little bit too about identifying the actual winning creative. I think it's most people know that ROAS is incredibly important. And obviously, like you want to make sure you're getting more money in than you're spending. But what are what are some other interesting trends that people should be looking for when they're looking at finding winning creative. Um, and I know you mentioned some things with that sneaker example, but can you dive in a little bit more over there as well? One of the really interesting ones, particularly because video is becoming a really popular ad type. A lot of people are using video in their in their creatives. Obviously, they're engaging. They're very native to the, 
to the social platform. So people are doing a lot of video. Video can be a little bit more time consuming to produce. And so doing some interesting analysis when it comes to video can be pretty effective. A really common one that a lot of people use, and if you haven't used this before, I'm sure that you'll be really excited to look at it. And I always see people have a lot of fun doing this analysis. So on video ads, there's a KPI called thumb stop ratio or scroll, scroll stop ratio that many of your listeners might be familiar with. But for those who are not, it's a KPI where, where you're basically looking at the conversion rate on the first three seconds. So people are scrolling through the feed and you want to know what percentage of the people who saw your ad stopped and watched the first three seconds of the video. And so that's called the thumb stop ratio. It'll take Facebook will, sh- will you can create this as a custom metric in Facebook. You can, motion has this by default where you basically see the number of people who did who watch for three seconds divided by all of the impressions that video got. And that will give you a percentage. A good benchmark for that is usually around like 30%, 40% is pretty good. And so a really interesting analysis that I've seen a lot of people do is they will look at, on one dimension, they'll look at their thumb stop ratio. So let's say you ran 10 ads this week and you're looking at all 10 and you're you're looking at them ranked by a thumb stop ratio. And again, Motion makes this sort of thing really easy. It's why people love the tool. It's very complicated to do this sort of thing in Ads Manager and very challenging to do in spreadsheets. And in Motion, it's just like, boom, very visual. So you look at thumb stop ratio of these 10 ads and you rank them and you say, okay, this ad has the best thumb stop ratio. It seems that like 40% of the time, people actually stopped and watched the first three seconds. So we're doing something right in the first three seconds to capture the attention of the audience. And then on the other dimension, you'll look at the conversion rate. So of the people who ended up like watching this video or clicking through or whatever else, what percentage of them actually converted and made a purchase? And so what you often find there is that some of the ads have a really high thumb stop ratio where they're like capturing attention in the first three seconds. And some of the ads are doing really well when it comes to the conversion rate. So the click through is and is leading to more purchases. So when you look at that analysis, you can come up with a lot of cool ideas to be like, oh, this ad seems to be driving a lot of good conversions for us, but this ad is doing really well at stopping people in the first three seconds. Let's see if we can take what was working in the first three seconds of this video and apply it to the video that was driving a lot of conversions for us to basically be able to drive more people down into that funnel and hopefully increase the amount of sales you get from that one video. So that's an example of something really interesting that you can do when it comes to when it comes to video analysis specifically. But it depends on like the the KPI that the team is shooting for. So some people are looking at return on ad spend, some people are looking on cost per acquisition and even just like ranking your ads on a week to week basis and seeing which ones of them have done the best on the the KPI that you care about is a really good practice. What gets challenging in Facebook is that oftentimes people are creating a duplicate of the same ad and they're testing it at a number of different ad sets. So actually like grouping those ads together and comparing them against each other can be can be cumbersome in ads manager. And again, that's where that's where motion helps. But those are those are some interesting examples of analysis to run on on creative. Yeah, and I know we talked about creators as well. And I think uh, one of the things on your homepage is an example of like UGC versus lifestyle versus product. 
that's an example too of, of an analysis, right? That you you could have some simple product shots, you could have some some lifestyle shots, and then you could like look at UGC as a category on its own and see how that does as a as a category of of content. And then within and then you can keep going levels deeper. So like that's one level of analysis. Then you're like, oh, okay, it seems like UGC is doing well for us. Let's now dig a little bit deeper and see, you know, between the different content creators we might work with, which one's doing the best, or within the different styles of UGC that we might be doing, what could be what could be resonating the best. And then going even deeper, like I mentioned about like looking at first three seconds, looking at different ways where you can look at content from the standpoint of, okay, we've, we've worked with a content creator and we've received these assets. And so let's see how this like high level asset is doing. But then you might have like a graphic designer or somebody on your team that's taking those assets and making post-production edits to it. And so you can do, you can do some analysis on that post-production as well. That's really cool. Those are some great ideas to look at over there. So I know you also recently built a feature. We talked a lot about creative and, you know, kind of analyzing by different creative and things like that. I know you built a feature recently in Motion for analyzing ads by funnel stage. Can you talk a little bit about like how to use this to find winning creative as well? What can you really tell from like doing like a funnel type of analysis from your ads manager? You can think of this as a, as an example where like a lot of the different analysis that you might run, you could run the same analysis, but then just look at different funnel stages. So let's say, for example, if we were, if we were comparing image versus video versus carousel, and you could, you could do that comparison overall to see which one's doing better across the entire account. But then you can also look at it of isolate that comparison for prospecting and being like for our top of funnel, maybe images is resonating really well. And for our bottom funnel, maybe carousel is resonating really well. Or take the example of like different styles of content. It could be that like something really catchy that is like talks about the problem that the product solves could be really effective at the top of funnel. But then you might look that in the bottom of the funnel, testimonial type ads are doing really well because maybe these people at this funnel stage are acquainted with the problem, are acquainted with the product and the brand and and what it solves. And what they're really looking for are testimonials from past customers that would like, you know, give them the confidence they need of like, okay, I'm going to purchase this product. So when you're doing analysis of what creative is working best, it's always really effective to just flip between the stage of funnel to see, is there a difference here when we're looking at this analysis in the top of the funnel versus bottom? And that could help you make smarter choices when it comes to what kind of creatives that you're looking to produce. But then also on the media buying team to be like, okay, these are the kind of assets that we're going to put more of at the top of the funnel. And these are the assets that we'll do at the bottom. And so this is where like this entire process becomes very collaborative the information needs to flow very nicely between the, the various people so that A, we're making the right decisions when it comes to, yes, what kind of creatives that we're producing, but we're also making the right decisions when it comes to like the actual media buying and what we're setting up in, in the campaigns and which creatives we're putting in where and which creatives we're scaling. And so there really does need to be this tight process between these two sides so that all the right decisions can get made. So we're talking a lot about a, a bunch of different 
types of analysis that we can run, uh, different variables, all of those uh, great things. I think I would be missing the point on this episode if, if we didn't take a chance to at least cover as well. You know, how many, like, obviously Motion handles ad analysis for a lot of different brands. Like, how many ad sets should people be working on? I know we talked about a lot of different analysis over here, but like, uh, what's the sweet spot for, you know, ad sets, for variables, for campaigns, like all of that good stuff based on kind of what you're seeing? Yeah, so this is a really interesting question. I've been trying to pay a lot of attention to this to see if we can like come up with a pattern from what we're seeing some of our best users do to be like, you know, here's a good structure for creative testing. Here's how people are setting up their ad sets. Here's how people are setting up their campaigns. But the reality that we're seeing is that it's very, very different. People are testing a lot of different things. I have yet to see a pattern around like a very specific pattern around around how people do it. But if there's if there's any pattern or something close to it that I've seen is like, you know, you, you'll have Facebook is obviously looking to do is pushing more and more people towards consolidation at the at the audience level. So just kind of set it broad and let let Facebook sort of do its thing is is like something that we've seen happen. So like less micro audience testing. So there, there used to be maybe a time where people would create a ton of ad sets that they're testing like this kind of targeting and that kind of targeting. And I, I feel like that's shrunk a little bit. So you still have, I, I still see people doing some sort of ad set level testing, whether it's like lookalike versus interest versus broad versus like a few different ones like that, but usually not more than like five or six, I think different audiences that I've, that I've seen people testing. Whereas before you could really go ahead with like the, the kind of granular audience testing that you're doing. So like that, that's definitely a pattern that it's a little bit less just kind of sticking to high level, high level testing is, uh, is something that I've seen, but I've seen some people create an ad set and then put their different creatives in there. And then whatever Facebook starts to like, favor and apply more spend to they'll use that to be like okay that's a simple way to do it if facebook decided to prioritize spend to this and like facebook deemed it as a winner then like i'll take that into account whereas i've seen other people be like no i don't always trust facebook to do this i'll take the same like eight pieces of creative and duplicate it across my different audiences and then i want to see if there's an, a winner that's going to emerge across audiences and use that to make to make their choice around which one's doing best. So I've seen, I've seen both. And it's really just a very challenging time right now with iOS 14. People are right in the middle of trying to like rethink best practices and figure it out. And most people that I've sp- spoken to are like just looking for, for what to do. Like they're, they're, pe- people don't have it figured out yet. We're in, a, we're in a really challenging time. So sorry that I don't have a, a better answer here. It's like the, the one main thing is like, instead of trying to find the answer in like the micro tests of, of Facebook, it's like, how do we think more critically about at a high level? Are we positioning our product correctly? Do we have the right hooks in place, the right like unique selling propositions? Are we being clear enough? So it really does come back to creative when it comes to, you know, how to, how to navigate, but at the highest level is like a good place to start. Think about, if you were doing advertising a hundred years ago, 
right? Like how would you think about a piece of, a piece of creative? It's leaning a little bit more towards that direction and less towards the day trading type role that, that media buying used to be five, six years ago, where there was just like bid testing, audience testing, you know, just like a, a lot of different optimization techniques. Whereas now people are putting on a lot more of a creative strategist hat and thinking critically about the way that they're positioning their products. That's really helpful to know. And that's, that's a lot of good tips over there. So I know we're coming close to the end of the podcast over here. One last thing I wanted to, to ask about. So I, I know Motion was in beta for a while before going out to the public. You've talked with a lot of media buyers. I'm sure other people that are also involved in, in the Facebook ads kind of process as well. Um, if you can kind of do, we'll, we'll turn this into a little bit of a rapid fire. If you can give like your top three things that, that you learned from all of those conversations, that would be great. Top three things. One is people are taking creative really seriously. That's one. Two is that most people don't know exactly what they're doing and they're trying to figure it out. So like, don't be discouraged by like the Twitter gurus or the Facebook ad group gurus. People are really trying to like figure it out in real time. Even the best of the best are doing that. So don't worry too hard if you're, if you're also trying to figure things out, like you're in the same boat as everybody else. And let's see the last one. I'll just, I'll, I'll end with creative again. It's just, it's, it's really big deal for people. Okay. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll frame it this way. The last thing that I've noticed is that the role of creative strategist is becoming really important. It doesn't have to be a distinct role. It could be the media buyer who does this, but the creative strategist is the person who's trying to figure out what's working and why, and using that to guide the creative process. So like that, that role, that function of creative strategies seems to be coming really, really important. So pay attention to that, I think. Love it. Those were, those were all really good tips over there. Well, Reza, it's been awesome having you on the podcast over here to talk about winning creative. I mean, just a bunch of awesome, actionable tips that, that you suggested over here. I'm going to actually pass the mic to you uh, one last time over here. What's next for Motion? Like, what are you what are you working on next? And if you also want to drop any any links to check out or even connect with you as well, feel free to to share those also. Yeah. So for Motion, we're very much focused on the workflow between different parts of the puzzle. So you have the media buyer, the creative strategist, the content creator, the graphic designer, the head of marketing, potentially the brand. There, are, those are a lot of different people involved in this process. And so we're just trying to make it as smooth as possible for these people to interact centered around data and insights and learnings, but very much focused on like collaborating on, okay, we've learned these insights. What do we do about it? Where do we go next? And so we're working on a lot of sharing features. We recently added the ability to add collaborators and users into motion. And so we're very much trying to turn motion into the place where those different People on those different teams are coming together to make decisions around what to do and where to go next. So you'll see from us a lot more collaboration features between those different between those different roles. And overall, just very, very interested in the entire problem space around creative. We're starting with creative analysis and reporting because we think that's the most important place to start. If you don't know what's working and why, how could we do anything else efficiently? So we started there. But Everything related to this problem, we're super interested in and some pretty ambitious goals for the product. And so 
I'll leave it at that in terms of like themes that we're interested in the direction that we're going. But at the moment, we're very, very focused on creative analysis, creative reporting, and doing that in a collaborative way. So we're launching a sharing feature in the next couple of weeks that should be really exciting. And so that's where we're headed. And what was your last question? Oh, I was going to just ask uh, if you want to drop any links or how, how can people connect with you? How can people learn more about Motion? Go to Motion's website. It's motionapp.com. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Reza Kajabi. If you go to Motion and you sign up for any of our pieces of content, we've done done a live panel that was really interesting on, on performance creative. So you can watch that and just drop your email address anywhere because we're doing a lot of content around creative, around creative strategy. We're launching a article soon. Maybe it'll be out by the time this, this gets published around how to create a really killer thumb stop video. So we're doing a lot of content. If you care about these things, you follow, you can follow motion and sign up to our newsletter to be in the loop on this. And uh, you can also shoot me an email directly, reza at motionapp.com. Happy to, uh, to connect with anyone. Love it when people leave emails at the end. Um, that, that's awesome. I'm sure people will definitely reach out with questions. Reza, great having you on the podcast over here. Great chatting. Um, as always, uh, appreciate you hopping on. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks, Jay.